Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. We're wondering, do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? We do. We made a podcast about it. And you're listening to it right now. <laughs> what are the odds? Imagine. Uh, today we're talking about episode nine of Radio Free Roscoe, Detention Redemption. So this initially aired September 19th, 2003. It was directed by David Worry Smith. He's got a, a ton of King Kong credits oh, under yeah. his belt. Cool. Um, a lot of first assistant director positions on a ton of things. On uh, the Directors Guild of Canada, he, he's actually credited under Radio Free Nutley, which was the like original what? pilot of this before it was RFR. He's also credited in season two of RFR. But for some reason, I guess this was like maybe officially under Radio Free Nutley at the mm. time. Tons of other stuff. He directed um, Stargate Atlantis, Naturally Sadie, Darcy's Wildlife, This is Wonderland, Life with Derek, like a ton of stuff kind of around that time. More recently, he acted as the second unit director for Designated Survivor and then later first assistant director. And uh, also in 2018, the first assistant director for A Shoe Addict's Christmas. Oh my god! I wonder if I've seen that one. I don't think I've seen that one. I've seen a lot of crappy Christmas movies. I think I saw I the start of that one. one. I think it's a Candace Cameron one. Nice. Yeah. Um, and this episode was written by Jeff Biederman. Um, and I'll get a little more into him a bit later. Okay. So we've got some guest appearances in this episode. We've got Marley Otto as Maggie Gelbert. Her biggest role that I could find was in My Life as a Dog. Yeah. But you might also recognize her from Party Goer in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes, she's in Scott Pilgrim. She actually, she's pivoted away from acting. She moved to LA in 2010 and now does music stuff. She's a front woman of a band called The Color Coast. Although you can also, if you want to hire her for voiceover stuff, you can find her on Voices.com. Oh, seriously? Which is five minutes down the road from where I live. <laughs> London, Ontario, shout out. Just doxing yourself. <laughs> you know her in London. It is fine. This episode features Jim McAleese as the janitor. He was also in a film called Walter and Henry, which has like just the wildest poster that I've ever seen. Okay. I love it so much. <laughs> Oh my god! There's like an old man who is positioned in the frame as if he's like God looking down at a man in a, a Hawaiian shirt wearing sunglasses and playing a saxophone. And there's a kid like maybe playing a keyboard? He's just kind of hunched and smiling. It's a delight. This is God watching over Walter and Henry as they make like jazz together? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> is there a synopsis? Walter and his 12-year-old son, Henry, are a pair of New York City street musicians living at poverty level in an empty Brooklyn lot. When Walter has a nervous breakdown, it's up to Henry to find his father's long-lost family, including the grandfather and aunt he's never met. Okay, so it's so like his grandfather. Yeah. He's like ghostly grandfather. His grandfather is God. <laughs> <laughs> a little fun connection here. This movie also features Michael Sarah in the role of Crying Kid. <laughs> No cell phones or pagers on school property. Yet another draconian decree aimed to take a bite out of the dwindling crumbs of freedom left for the youth of Roscoe High. I don't know who this draconian guy is, but this totally bites. My god, that is such a line. Yeah. So we, we open hearing that Waller has banned all cell phones and pagers from the school. So you can tell it's 2003, baby. I feel like Travis probably has a pager. Can't even imagine having a pager. I got my first cell phone when I was 12. Because our folks wanted me to have, like, a cell yeah. phone, like, just in case. And it was this tiny little cell phone. And I remember you could only load polyphonic ringtones onto it. But you could, like, record ringtones, like, like into the speaker of the phone. And that would be your ringtone. So I remember holding it up to, like, my CD player while playing MCR CDs to make my own, like, MCR ringtones. It's pretty great. You're a fucking nerd. I know. <laughs> I love that though. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was stolen. It was a thing. Like it was pretty common that you would get your first cell phone going into middle school because yeah. that was like when you started taking public transit, basically. Yeah. It's weird to think like little little kids are getting their own smartphones and stuff like that. But yeah, so they announced the ban, and Robbie makes this grandiose statement <laughs> about how it's another attack on student freedom. Robbie's statement there really feeds into like your propaganda machine yes. like reading of this show. Yeah, we see Waller listening in in his office. He's like squeezing a stress ball. He's really visibly angry. Yeah, this this man is so tightly wound at all times. He's like 
Yeah, almost crushing this little happy face, squeaky stress ball in his hands. I wonder what his life is like outside of school. Like when he goes home, what is his life? I don't know that he goes home. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, like, does he have... I'm assuming he doesn't have kids. Does he have a partner? Because if he doesn't, who who is on his desk in that Oh, that's picture? right. Well, that's why, you know, it could be like an old, like, prom photo, right? But ever Which since... Is weird. yeah. Maybe it's like, he's just like living in high school. Oh, no. He just never left after graduation. Oh, no. But he's he's real upset about them roasting him on the air yes. again. I'm taking all our old shows home so I can label them. Don't worry, they'll all be back and categorized by tomorrow, right? I wouldn't advise a cap, Nate Brig. What if we be needing them before then? I love we get a little bit more of that good, good character consistency. Robbie's like packing up all their old shows. He's like, I'm taking them home so I can label them. I'll bring them back tomorrow. It's okay. <laughs> Just this continued, his continued regime of organization. And then we get like a, like a Scotty impression from Ray, Scotty of Star Trek fame. I don't really know why. Yeah. I don't, I don't either. I don't know that his response is particularly relevant to Scotty. <laughs> Will our show actually change that cell phone, man? Doubt it, but maybe if we set an example, like Confucius said, actions speak louder than words. <laughs> I think that's Chow Yun Fat. Thanks. Travis brings philosophy into the conversation yet again by bringing up a Confucius quote, and Ray says, "No, that was Chow Yun Fat. I love a good Chow Yun Fat ref. He's he's an amazing actor. Worked with John Woo a lot. Was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and." He's from Hong Kong. <laughs> oh my god. Wombat to Cobra, you copy? What the talking with pelts? Latest in jacket accessories, all the rage in Japan. Just nothing to say. I, I don't know what I could say to that. It's a ridiculous <laughs> line. Well, I do have a story. Oh um, god. We cut back to school. I guess the DJs have some sort of plan. Travis is walking through the school and you can hear like Ray speaking to him through like some sort of like device. It's probably walkie-talkie or something like that. And <laughs> he's walking by this kid who's like what the because he just hears like sound coming out of travis's chest and he's like talking lapels it's all the rage in japan which i immediately thought of my partner one time found at a thrift store this like puffy vest it had like an aux cord coming out of the pocket and it had speakers in the like collar so you could like plug in your phone or your mp3 player or whatever and just like actually like play music out of your vest collar that's so obnoxious i know and my god the thing is there weren't any like tags on it or anything like that so it might have been homemade (laughs) and it just ended up at this thrift store and now my partner owns it oh my god it's in this house yes (laughs) i have to show it to you it's pretty great we're not here to play action hero this is about waller's cell phone crackdown remember couldn't it be a little about playing action hero over so I'm not sure what plan they were trying to pull off here. Basically, they all come in with walkie-talkies and are using them to talk to each other. And I think basically their whole plan hinges on Waller catches them with their walkie-talkies and says, you're going to get detention. I'm confiscating this. And Travis says, well, technically, it's not a cell phone or a pager. As if that would make any difference. Was that their grand plan? Yeah, I think they're just <laughs> trying to make a statement and being like, we can do it's not against the rules. What are you going to do? But I, I like this scene a lot because it's just Ray and Travis talking at the beginning. And yeah. it's like, oh, they're bonding. Yeah. Like, Ray's not being mean. He's just having a good time. He's like, this is cool. It's like being a spy. That is true. And Travis is like, this is nothing like being a spy. <laughs> you don't even know. You don't know my life. Cancel your after school plans, Fire Ant. You'll be joining Cobra and Wombat in the zoo. Guess that plan to seek out those insubordinate in. Cut that out. Pronto. Does he know that Ray is pronto? Because they're really not subtle about it. Because, yeah. like, Robbie is also like, your Waller impression still sucks. And it's yeah. like, it just did an impression on air. Like, <laughs> the fact that Waller hasn't completely figured them out is is wild. Yeah. This does make me think, though, if their walkie-talkie thing was just, like, to piss Waller off and be like, oh, it's not a cell phone, you can't take it away. I had a substitute teacher in grade 10 English, I think who like if she saw your phone in your pocket she would take it like even if you didn't have your phone out if she just saw like a phone on your person she'd confiscate it oh my god which definitely was not allowed at all yeah so sitting beside my friend he's like you know what and he took out his calculator and he kind of held it under his desk and like pretended he was texting and (gasps) she came by like pissed and he was like what i'm doing math (laughs) 
it was it was a very good moment. That is very very good. The greatest oh my rebellion. Goodness. Look, guys, what are we gonna do about the show if we don't go on air? Waller's gonna know we're our. No, no. So we cut to the end of the day, supposedly, and three of our four RFR DJs are in detention. And the end of the day could be any time, given that we know that the students came back to school at like 5.30 for a presentation. Yeah, and that the school has been like full of people while RFR is doing their broadcast before. <laughs> but there's nobody in the halls while they're in detention. Yeah, the school is absolutely friggin' dead. So the three boys are trying to figure out what they're going to do about RFR. And then Ray says to cool it because somebody's coming in and we get our intro to Maggie Gelbert, our uh, main guest star of the episode. She's like a super, super goth girl. The type of goth I feel like I briefly aspired to be, but I had no, like, I was definitely way too lazy to attempt to do any, like, makeup stuff or things like that. <laughs> I just kind of admired It's just too goth-iness. much of an investment. So much of an investment. And, like... Uh, I, I I get bad about washing off my makeup when I wear it now, and all yeah. I wear is, like, eye stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much work. It's so much. But she's very much, like, it's amazing how full-on goth she is. Like, mm-hmm. super, like, white face, really, really thick eyeliner, the gothiest dress, and she basically walks in with her headphones blaring and sits down at the back of the room, and the boys quickly establish there's all these myths about her, like, she doesn't speak to anyone or she has a pet bat and she's in detention all the time and this Travis that, jumps thing. on and is like kind of a, bats don't make good pets <laughs> so ray's like telling robbie to relax lily hasn't gotten busted and of course at that moment lily has been busted because she was running in the halls so and now all four of the djs are in detention we get a brief look at the 10 rules of detention that are on the blackboard they're kind of hard to read yeah but... i'm gonna try to list them all but also Lily gets detention just for running in the halls. Yeah, like, that's, that's just intense. something that you're like, don't okay. do that. And then you're like, oh, sorry. And you stop like a full ass detention. Yeah, I w- I'm not surprised, though. That's a lot. With Waller being who he is. Okay, I think the first one says maintain silence. <laughs> I could be wrong. The second one de- definitely says no chewing gum. Yeah. Maintain space between desks, maybe. Yeah. Can't really see four and five. Yeah, because Waller's standing right in front of him. Six um, is face front at all times. Seven says full honk. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. Full honk. Full something must be ser- full hour must be served. Something or I guess serving will be repeated. Uh, no leaving the room for any reason. No listening to personal entertainment source. And ten, have fun. Have fun. <laughs> Full honk. <laughs> it definitely looks like it says honk. Yes. Wouldn't it be fun if we caught all of the Radio Free Roscoe DJs at the same time? Well, for your sakes, I hope you're not responsible for RFR. What a weird thing to say. It feels like Waller is so close and yet so, so close. far. He's trying. I mean, realistically, if he does catch RFR, what is he going to punish them for? <laughs> Like, it's all stuff they do outside of school. Yeah. Like, what jurisdiction does he have? The gang starts talking about what they're going to do with the show. Robbie's like, I just keep it down. You know, Maggie's in the room. Yeah, they're being careful for once, unlike with Kevin Delancey. <laughs> yeah, although they weren't that careful earlier because Robbie was like, well, what are we going to do about our show? And yeah. now it's suddenly like, wait, keep it down, everybody. <laughs> when she was in the room before. Whoops. Um, But Ray's like, uh, she can't hear us. And then makes like a Blair Witch joke at her expense. And she responds to it. And they find out that she's an RFR fan. And she says, well, probably it's only me and Waller that listen. And we find out that she spies on him to kind of keep him off her track while she's at detention. And we cut to this shot of Waller in his office doing his teaching exercises, which is just him like listening to like a CD while doing work with like an exercise ball. And it's like the most zen of music like mm-hmm. the music is so weird we definitely get like a really fun glimpse into waller's after school routine and it feels so like out of character for the angry angry man that we saw earlier in the yeah. episode this is how he unwinds by doing impossibly fast yoga ball routines i also wonder what makes this teaching exercises yeah i mean he's not technically a teacher he's an oh, administrator his administrative exercises so after they talk about waller things maggie goes back to her music and they're figuring out what the hell they're supposed to do. Um, and then Maggie leaves the room to go get a soda. And Travis says, I got us into this mess. I'll get us out. And he packs up his stuff and leaves on his super secret spy mission. 
we find out that Maggie's latest reason for getting into trouble is uh, for breaking into Waller's office, where she has for some reason stolen his nose hair trimmer, and she got back Travis's walkie-talkies. Presumably more than one, because we see more than one later. She only gives him back one, and then she leaves, though. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. In an action movie, this is the part where the hero, that's you, leaves the others, that's us, goes on his own. Again, that's you. We already know that Travis isn't great at looking inconspicuous. Yes. For being a spy, he's not great at walking around. I, I love Travis's nervous walk. He's so tense. So we get Waller, uh, as Travis is wandering through the halls trying to sneak around Waller, we see Waller looking at a board full of posters to check if they're approved, which, like, definitely isn't his job. He definitely doesn't have to, like, individually do that. He, like, points at all of them and goes, good, 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 all of them. And we see a Pranksters for Pranksters Peace poster. For peace. Sick callback. Yeah, we're continuing this this universe where Pranksters for Peace is taking over. And Waller does what he tends to do where he takes the poster off the wall and he just rips it. He takes such joy in just like destroying anything that doesn't belong <laughs> in his school. And Travis gets an idea. He's hanging out by Cougar Radio, which for some reason Kim's not there, even though she's like always there. We haven't seen Kim in ages, man. Yeah. But he's got a CD in his bag that he, he pulls out and he's he's got a plan and we get some really good like pouty squinty faces from him. Oh, yeah. As he runs over to the booth. His thinking face. We see that Travis's plan has gone off because there's a uh, like now like monkey and like jungle sound effects going off throughout the school which like diverts Waller's attention gets him right to the booth. Why did Travis have that CD on him? I mean, he also apparently had that infinite flamethrower sound effect. So, he just has collections of weird sound effects on burn CDs that he carries around. If this it was in his bag. Yeah. That's that's the weirdest part is that he was just like ready. Where is he taking it? What was he doing with it's, it? It's for his latest mix. <laughs> <laughs> That's his next DJing set. Just making sure your wheels are in good working condition. Wouldn't want you to careen into a wall. Thank you, son. Travis manages to cover for himself, essentially springing up from behind the janitor's cart and making some excuse to the janitor and running out the door. We cut, cut back, back to detention. detention. For some reason, Ray is tickling Lily. Yeah, why are they having a tickle fight in detention? It's very weird. And also just like the framing of this shot. I guess they're in a science classroom because there's just like a skeleton just in hanging. the classroom. So it's just them like tickling in front of a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very weird, yeah, weird choice. Weird Maggie interrupts the tickle fight to let them know that Waller's due for a head check according to her logbook. And we just see Waller's feet approaching the hallway. It's a very dramatic shot. Yeah. But they're able to pull it off by putting a sweater on the skeleton boy <laughs> and somehow sitting him down. Yes. Travis makes it to the station, but he realizes Robbie took home all of the old broadcasts. What is he going to do? Label them. So he just grabs the first CD that he can find and puts it in a boombox on the table, and that somehow broadcasts it. Yes. Must be a format change. All day long, they throw the coconuts down. I know because one hit me in the ground. Waller tunes in. We find out that the cd travis put on was it's like a little folk song about monkeys yeah just like monkeys throwing stuff and he's like be nice to me monkeys and but Maggie's super into it she says it's her dad's favorite song she's like very sweet yeah but why was that cd just like out on the table it was like the first thing travis grabbed it was very mm -hmm. readily available is that one of those random ones that mickey gave them for some reason <laughs> this is what i want at the warehouse party yes <laughs> I want to hear about the monkeys. <laughs> what? I just want DJ to the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> but then the CD starts skipping, so they aren't out of the woods yet. Although I don't know that they were out of the woods anyway, because they're just going to, what, play a whole CD. <laughs> None of these kids know how to be at all inconspicuous. They're so, you know, to try and remedy what's going on at RFR, Robbie figures that he needs to be the one to go next. He's like, I'm going to go to... The bathroom. <laughs> like, it's such a weird way to announce it. And Lily hands him a walkie-talkie. He's like, in case you need to contact us from the bathroom. Like, 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 what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, like, she could have just, like, discreetly handed it to him. Yeah. But, like, how have they maintained their cover this long if they're so bad at lying to this one person? <laughs> I know. Maggie clues in pretty quickly, though. I think it's safe to say. Oh, I love it. As Robbie's sneaking around, we see Waller just sliding down the hallway in his socks just for fun. Yeah. And it's great. Again, like, it's this highly strung man has these really, like, 
this really fun after school routine. So Travis makes it back, but finds out that his attempts were in vain. Ray makes a James Bond reference saying that if Travis were James Bond, the world would be in a whole lot of trouble. Travis kind of like touches his head for a second. (laughs) The memories. Robbie's on his way to, to the station to try to save the day. And our other heroes have to figure out how to cover for him if Waller comes back. After he's finished sliding through the halls. So we're in quite the predicament. Okay, now we've got two problems. So for today's CanCon commercial break, I've got a show kind of from the same era, um, probably shared a fair bit of the same audience. It's also a request from our listener, Chelsea. So thank you, Chelsea. Uh, We're going to be talking about Life with Derek. So Life with Derek aired from 2005 to 2009. It had four seasons and a TV movie in 2010. A TV movie? Yes, Vacation with Derek. (laughs) (laughs) It aired on the Family Channel here in Canada with like a teen tween audience. It was produced initially by Poe Productions in season one and then Shaftesbury Films for the rest of the show. Cool. Um, Shaftesbury Films is also responsible for producing 11 seasons of Murdoch Mysteries. I was going to say, yeah, (laughs) they're also begging for the Murdoch Mysteries. When we first started the show, um, I thought it was going to be a running bit uh, that Degrassi was going to be continually recurring. It's just Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah. Like it's every single into... thing I look at somehow links back to Murdoch Mysteries. It all goes back to Murdoch Mysteries. So the show is created by Daphne Bellon, who previously wrote for I Was a Sixth Grade Alien. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it was, it was kind of an, an earlier show. I think the premise is right there in the title. Yeah. It's about a guy whose friend is a sixth grade alien. Al McAdam appeared in a few episodes. Nice. Got some good crossover. It was co-developed by Bernice Vanderland, who's done a ton of kid shows uh, since then, like a ton of writing. Um, she's also founded Mighty Newt Media, which is a kids TV production company. Cool. Yeah. The first episode was story edited by Jeff Biederman, who has some RFR credits, including this very episode. Ah! So we got some, some crossover there. Nice. Other other notable people from the crew include Ron Murphy, who directed 16 episodes of Life of Derek. Um, he's also done work on Trailer Park Boys, Winona Earp, and Heartland. Heartland is also a good Heartland and Murdoch Mysteries and, is all you need to know. <laughs> and executive producer Shane Kinnear uh, co-produced Murdoch Mysteries. So this show was pretty well known because it was distributed on the Disney Channel. So a lot of people kind of confused it for being a Disney Channel original show. But it's, this was like a Canadian-produced sitcom um, kind of around the time of Naturally Sadie and shows like that. Just received like a, a much more widespread audience. But it was about a blended family. So you got George and his three kids, Derek, Edwin, and Marty. And you have Nora and her two daughters, Casey and Lizzie. So Derek and Casey are the oldest siblings of each family. And the show is mostly just about them like annoying each other. Um, TV Tropes hit it with the recycled in space trope, calling it Even Stevens, but the Brady Bunch in Canada, <laughs> which is very fun. Yes. It it breaks the fourth wall uh, in the start of each episode. There's Casey against like a blue background just talking to the audience. And then in between scenes, there are these weird little interstitials of just like the characters, like the kids playing out like random little like scenes against that blue background. I'd forgotten about that. I had too, and I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really really cheesy framing devices, and also the sound in the show is so annoying. Oh no! My God, I'll play you some clips, but like, oh, <laughs> it's like everything has a sound effect. Nice. More concerned about where we're gonna put it. Baby, can in my room. I already promised it to Edwin. Really? No. I won't go into the full cast because there's kind of like a lot of characters in the main and supporting cast, but I will get into um, Casey and Derek. So Casey, kind of the main character of the show um, and is kind of our focal point, I guess. We're seeing the show mostly from her perspective. Uh, is played by Ashley Leggett. She is from Hamilton. She had a theater background. Um, she went through Theater Aquarius's performing arts program. She was also on I Was a Sixth Grade Alien. That was one of her early roles. She was also in a few like Canadian staples of the time, like in a heartbeat, the Zach ah. Files, ones that kind of keep coming up. Nice. She had a bit part in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Oh my god. Which that I, terrible, terrible Lindsay. Yes, Lohan movie. I don't I don't remember 
much of that movie. Yeah. I remember the theater going experience of that because we saw it at like oh, a tiny, tiny second run theater. That was like really gross. Yeah. <laughs> it had like really sticky floors. Yeah, our poor dad saw that with us. <laughs> oh. Dad had to see a lot of bad movies with us. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> Since Life with Derek, she's played Tara in the Good Witch series of TV movies and also guest starred in an episode of Suits. Oh. She has had acting credits up until 2019 um, nice. with roles in One and Two People and Sam Anthology. Michael Cedar played Derek, the other kind of main character from the show. He's from Toronto. He started acting pretty young in some direct-to-video TV movies. Nice. Um, one of his like early big roles was the title character in Matameo, A Tale of Redwall, which oh. was the sequel to the first Redwall series. Oh my god, I didn't even clue into that when I was doing that. Yeah. Um, was also in Strange Days at Blake Holsey High, which was a Canadian sci-fi show on Global. Oh man, yeah. But Life with Derek was kind of, I guess, his like breakout role. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up writing an episode of Life with Derek with his brother, so kind of got into more... Um, kind of behind the camera stuff. This is my brother, Michael Cedar. <laughs> yes. Michael and Michael Cedar <laughs> put an episode together. Wouldn't Michael Cedar be a great name? You could call me Bike Seed <laughs> for sure. Bike Seed. <laughs> Bike Seed. Oh, I love that. He starred in a CBC sitcom called 18 to Life, which ran for two seasons. It was about a couple that got married right out of high school and kind of them dealing with that. And it was set in Montreal. Um, you better believe he had a recurring role in Murdoch Mysteries. Oh my God. <laughs> But in, uh, in recent years, he shifted out of acting and into directing. So 2015, he wrote and directed People Hold On. Synopsis of the film says, Past conflicts and tensions arise when a group of friends spends the weekend together to celebrate an upcoming wedding. Uh, featured in the cast are Ashley Leggett and Al McAdam. Nice. Love it. Kind of mixed critical reviews, but it did receive a Canadian Screen Award nomination for Best Original Song for the song People Hold On, which was written and performed by another star of the cast, Noah Reed, Patrick from Schitt's Creek. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. A lot of, like, he, he tiny, keeps coming up. Canadian He's done a ton family. of stuff. In 2016, he directed Sadie's Last Days on Earth, which he wrote with Lauren Collins, who also featured in Life with Derek and Radio Free Roscoe. Yeah. Um, it featured John Ralston, who plays George in Life with Derek, and uh, George Strombolopoulos was also in it, <laughs> which you got to mention just because saying George Strombolopoulos is so fun. It's a Canadian national pastime. Of course. Other like quick actors of note in the show include John Ralston, who plays George. Uh, most recently, he was in Ready or Not, which was um, that hide-and-seek film that came out last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he also is a recurring character on Working Moms on CBC. Oh, nice. He plays a blatant misogynist. It's really fun. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> we had Robbie Amell as Casey's boyfriend, Max, for a while. He's been in a ton of stuff. He's, yeah, that name sounds super familiar. He's kind of in um, the, the DC series now. Oh. Uh, he's in the Tomorrow People. He's featuring in The Flash currently. And was in Zack Stone is going to be famous, the Bo Burnham MTV series. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's what I remember him from. And quick shout out to Arnold Pinnock, who played guidance counselor Paul, who kind of becomes a person that Casey really relies on to talk about all of her her Onks. opinions. I'm mostly shouting him out because he played the cop in The Night Before Christmas, <laughs> the terrible Vanessa Hudgens Netflix oh, movie that came out in 2019. God. Yes. <laughs> That's not his only role. He was also in Altered Carbon and is doing some other uh, good acting. Nice. But you got to shout out the night before Christmas. Oh, man. I have seen it since, like, the last podcast episode. We mentioned it. And boy, oh, boy, Jody's, Jody's summation of it was accurate. Although, it's just a fun, fluffy movie. Oh, it's so fun. It's terrible. Nothing happens in it. <laughs> there's no reason for anything there's, to happen. There's really so little conflict. <laughs> there's no it's build to anything. No, nope. amazing. So I think I think one of like the things that I like about this show because I I did go back to watch an episode or two of it to review for the show and it's bad it's real bad <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's very cringy and not like enjoyable as an adult <laughs> but it is it is very fun in the way that it's like very Canadian so season one of it was shot in Newfoundland in Labrador oh. I found a, a 2004 press release about it. This says, uh, Premier Danny Williams today announced that a new television series will be filmed in the province this year. Life with Derek is a 13-episode series targeted towards teenage audiences to be produced for the Family Channel. The premiere made the announcement at the Atlantic Studios Cooperative Soundstage in Corner Brook, the location of filming for the series. 
The Newfoundland and Labrador Film Development Corporation has committed approximately $1 million to the project through its film equity program. Total production costs are estimated at $5.265 million. So only $1 million more than on Talkative Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so there's there's like a, a little insight into like cost of production. That's that's for the first season. But the rest of the show was shot in Toronto. TV Tropes had a couple of notes about it saying that the fact that it's Canadian is generally averted, but it's also kind of mocked, so it kind of depends. And there's a note that says, and the accents, dear lord, the accents. The accents? I, I've never picked up on an accent. Maybe it's because I'm Canadian, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I am interested to like, what does an American think I sound like? Yeah. <laughs> and and like there's also like different accents for different parts of Canada like 100%. there is in the States. Like being in the Maritimes is completely different than oh, being yeah. in the prairies. You yeah. Know? The show starts with Nora and her children leaving their apartment in Toronto to move in with George and his family in London, Ontario. What? So this show is openly set in London, Ontario. Oh I think it's got to be the only one. Wow. <laughs> so that's that's a fun bit. I remember like one line of the show where uh, Lizzie is talking to George about, like, wanting to travel or, or something. And he says, I've been to Paris and London, Ontario. And it's a, it's a good little bit. That's like, great. There's, there's a lot of, like, Ontario references. Um, at one point, Derek and his girlfriend break up because she's going to UBC. Um, one of the characters' family moves to Newfoundland. And the show ends with Casey and Derek revealing that they're both going to Queen's University in Kingston. Wow. <laughs> like, it's... I don't think That's it's cool. like super averted. There's like a ton of of little yeah. things in it, and it's also like in the way that they speak, right? Like I was watching. There's um an episode where they go to a party in Toronto, and they always say it like that. They don't say Toronto. Like it's yeah. not like it's like a colloquial thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, we're just going to Toronto, and Nora's like, "That's a two hour drive away," and it's like, I can't. I love this like spatial oh, recognition. <laughs> I can't freaking believe Life with Derek was set in London. It's Ontario. set in London, Ontario. That's so. wild. Shout out because that's where we are. I feel like I feel like that should be something that gets pushed more in our like economic development pieces and stuff like that. Like <laughs> when they're advertising London's like, Life with Derek was set here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, that's a that's that's a tourist note. Yeah. Now, I think the most notable thing that people bring up about life with Derek is it. I mean, it's probably the incest thing, oh, right? Oh no! <laughs> what a way to introduce that segment. Oh my god. So, um, the show is like built around the tension between Casey and Derek. They're step siblings. They're always at odds with each other. But as as the show went on, people just kind of started to ship them. Oh, no. There's like all this tension between them that started to get read as like sexual tension. Oh god. Um, and it kind Pains of ruin everything. So there's like kind of like a now infamous scene that gets passed around mostly as a, as a gift set of the the last scene of the show which is uh Derek and Casey standing in a kitchen together um comparing like courses cuz they're both going to Queens they're talking about it and Derek's kind of goofing her off and like teasing her about like he's going to steal all of her notes or he's going to like I don't know, sleep with all of her friends, <laughs> whatever. And she's like, Derek, you are the most annoying brother. Step brother. Same difference. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's like a very like infamous, like someone needs to explain that. That's really weird. Like it's, it's very easy to interpret that differently. It kind of sucks because this is like the most successful Canadian kids show on this network of this format only to receive like like this is the biggest takeaway from it (laughs) (laughs) it's the whole incest thing buzzfeed put out an article a while ago that was called what the hell was happening on life with derek (laughs) just talking about it like people really shift derek and casey and i get it so january 21st 2020 which was like two, three weeks ago uh, at the time of recording. Ashley, like it tweeted a picture of her and Michael Cedar, maybe in bed. (laughs) I can't quite tell what's going on in the picture and said, I still go down with this ship. (laughs) So just, just riling up the fans. Um, Oh my God. The same day, Michael Cedar retweeted um, the gif of that infamous last scene and added the text trailblazers. Oh my god! So uh, a lot of fun. There were a lot of theories that when the show got cancelled, it was because either <laughs> they thought the show had gone too far, or it was because Ashley and Michael were sleeping with each other. <laughs> I don't think that was the case. I think it had just run its course and wasn't getting great ratings. But... And, and season five was going to be entirely the incest storyline, and they weren't sure if they wanted to go. <laughs> oh my god. 
I've I found some some good articles kind of on the topic. Uh, the title of this article is "Shocking Amount of Fanfic for Obscure Canadian Disney Show Shipping Step Siblings Canon Conspiracy Life with Derek." <laughs> That's the full title. Um, some notes from this. It says somehow this tiny unknown short-lived show, which like not really, yeah, not really, a break here. is in the top seventy-five for TV shows on Fanfiction.net for the sheer number of stories. About the same number as Friends, more than Riverdale. <laughs> Wow. And it still has an active fan community today. In my opinion, the show is an example of the Mandela effect where many people have a shared false memory of an event. <laughs> In this case, many people looked back on the show and say, that's the show where the step-siblings kissed, right? Or dated? But the characters never actually kissed. What everyone likely recalls is the scene where Derek makes out with Casey's cousin, his step-cousin, who looks exactly like Casey and who was wearing Casey's clothes at the time. Hmm. <laughs> Whoa. This is this is like a very weird thing. This is like an actual promotional item produced by the show. So Uh-oh. there's like a three minute clip that you can find on YouTube of Ashley and Michael reading fan fiction. What? We're going to read through like all the things you guys sent in that you want Derek and Casey to do. And we're actually going to act out some random scenes. Yeah. We're going to find a fan fiction. Hopefully it'll be yours. And we're going to act it out. See what happens. So it's just like a little like promo thing that's like, you know, has like Life with Derek branding on it of them just like reading the f- the first chapter of a fanfic and not a lot happens. It's basically like a bet between the two of them to see like who can get the most dates by like the end of the week or whatever. Um, it's the first chapter of a fanfic called Out of the Blue, which does end with them together. It's fully like a Derek and Casey shipping fanfic. Oh, God. So, like, Weird choice. Weird production choice. <laughs> the show writers totally shipped Daisy the whole time. Oh my god. Like, if you're trying to, like, veer people away from the whole incest <laughs> part of it, maybe don't don't make that a promotional oh item. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Very weird. On September 21st, 2012, the cast got together for a reunion and tweeted about the table read for a spinoff show called Life with Derek Again. <laughs> <laughs> Which was supposed to get picked up for production, but on January 9th, 2014, executive producer and co-creator Jeff Biederman, author of this episode of RFR, uh, confirmed that Life with Derek again was a no-go, so it never (laughs) got picked up for production. And you better believe that there are three change.org petitions to bring back Life with Derek. Three of them. Wow. Our favorite bit within a bit. Yes. (laughs) Does it have a change.org petition? (laughs) Um, It does have some accolades. It won the Gemini Awards in 2009 for Best Series and Best Performance for Michael Cedar, and was also awarded by the Writers Guild of Canada in 2006 in the youth category. So, you know, you know, I got to get into some reviews. This has become my favorite part. Oh, yeah. Today's reviews are from Common Sense Media, which have two separate categories for um, like kids, like young viewers of the show and then parents of the kids who are watching the show. Uh So I've got I've got three from each category for you. Um, This first one is called Nostalgia at its Finest. Another cherished memory from my younger days, life with Derek. Derek, the protagonist and big stepbrother of the comedy, was always a mischievous teenager, and as a character, he came equipped with witty humor that would even make me laugh on an off day. (laughs) This show is certainly not one for the very young, who are likely not to grasp the storyline, let alone the jokes. However, for the preteen or teenager, it makes for good watching, and though it may not necessarily be everyone's cup of tea, turning it on will do no harm. It'll probably just make you laugh your socks off. That was written by teen, 16 years old. (laughs) Um, Here's one from a 13-year-old teen who says, ugh, don't even bother with it. (laughs) That's it. And then uh, a 12-year-old reviewer said, I love this show. There's nothing wrong with this show. It's really interesting and realistic. In case parents didn't know, this is really how life is. (laughs) I know how life is. Disney finally has a show that tweens and teens can actually relate to. Of course, I don't think it should be G-rated or even on Disney Channel, but it's a great show. What? And there's nothing wrong with the whole Derek-Casey relationship because they're teenagers who aren't related and they didn't even grow up together. One of my favorite, very favorite shows of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's very good. Here's a couple from parents. Uh, This one is uh, Parent of a Nine-Year-Old. The review is called Life with Derek TVG. I don't think so. (laughs) Okay, so way too much attitude. Bad examples. Booty cam. (laughs) 
Booty Cam? <laughs> booty Cam is all caps and in quotes. I don't know why that's still on TV. Horrible, horrible, horrible. With about a hundred exclamation points. Amazing. Uh, this review is called I Laughed. <laughs> Life with Derek is a good show, but I don't think it should be aired on the Disney Channel. The dialogue is way too much for children. Derek has half-naked pictures of women on his wall and talks about making out with girls and hints about having sex. There is too many sexist comments and way too many sexual references. I personally like the show, but as a mother, I would not let my daughter watch until she's 13 years old, at least. The show is targeted to viewers about my age, which is 19. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And let's face it, the age group that the Disney Channel attracts is like ages 2 to 10. My overall opinion is that the show is pretty good, although it should probably air on Nick and Knight or ABC Family. Here's my final review. It says, not rated for age. It's good when it wants to be. The show is not bad. It could be better. Some of the script is not so hot. And what's with the parents? I don't know any act like that. <laughs> Derek needs to be a little more crafty. Better word. Brackets. Smooth. <laughs> but a good guy at heart. And not so nasty. Casey needs not to be fakey. <laughs> She need not be fakey. <laughs> she needs to be a prince's type, but softer with it. Disney was not prepared. <laughs> Disney was not prepared. More episodes. Better writing and say it with me. More episodes. Thanks a fan. <laughs> Thanks a fan. Oh my god. So there's 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 a little uh review of Life with Derek. And the 6 degrees on this one is very quick. Um we have Sheldon Schlepper as a recurring character. Uh, you will recognize him as Leon in the previous episode of RFR, The yes. Imposter. But probably the biggest crossover is uh, Kate Todd. She plays the aforementioned girlfriend of Derek who breaks up with him to go to UBC. Oh! Yeah, Kate Todd briefly plays Derek's girlfriend. Wow. And it's it's a great time. Nice. But that's uh, that's Life with Derek, oh, the, the best-known Canadian TV show about incest. Oh, God. You've been listening to The Sweet Sound of Silence. I'm question mark, and I'm wondering, what is the sound of 10 minutes of sitar music? So Robbie makes it back to the station. He gets on the mic and does a quick little intro as question mark, and then puts on the first CD that he finds, which is sitar music 10 which, minutes like, of it what happened to all of their music yeah <laughs> like robbie took home their pre-recorded shows but like they still have all of the music that they've picked out oh my goodness and they suddenly just have like a folk song and sitar music yeah why do they have all this weird yeah non-format so he calls into travis on the walkie-talkie i'm very curious about why robbie chose the name fire ant yeah which is it's just fun I'm firing, and I'm wondering. But he says they're going to have to try to go on air through the walkie-talkie. Can you imagine the quality of talking into a walkie-talkie, putting that walkie-talkie up to a microphone, and having that transmitted through a radio? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that would be very, very bad. And we go back to the classroom, and for some reason, the three of them are fighting over the walkie-talkie, and it manages to crash to the floor and break apart just absolutely shatters so in order to repair the walkie-talkie they decide that they need to go find some duct tape lily volunteers to go maggie's in the back she ships it yeah she she says ray should go with lily so they can go off she's like i saw them tickling i know what's up (laughs) (laughs) so where do you think the janitor keeps the duct tape did you just say duck tape maybe as in tape made from ducks yeah like goose down pillows all right, duct tape. If you're in here, how about you give me a quacka quacka? So they do manage to find some in the janitor's closet, but then they get locked in. Ah. And Lily and Ray are stuck in a closet together. It's cute because Lily kind of grabs his arm when the door is closing. I like that the janitor must listen to RFR because now he's whistling the two little monkeys song. And he's had his headphones on this whole time. Yeah, so he's just been listening to silence yeah. and then sitar music. So when Robbie is in the radio station and is putting on the CD, we hear a train in the background. Yeah. So we get kind of like some more establishment of their setting. So yeah. they're, they're near train tracks. Yeah. So in another glimpse into Waller life, we see him sitting on the front reception desk with the suggestion box in his lap. And he's just like grabbing things and rejecting them. Yeah, just Having laughing. a great time. What do you think the suggestions were? Like, I was thinking like, please, God, just give us those Petri dishes. Oh, it's it's <laughs> definitely 14-year-olds that have just written like, penis. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the principal. 
Robbie and Travis sneak out to find Ray and Lily because they haven't returned yet. They're getting worried. And they hear Waller coming down the hallway, just kind of like pumping himself up. Amping himself up, going, You the principal. You the principal. You the principality. And he's just kind of dancing around the corner. It's great. I definitely remember that like little dance of him coming down the hallway being one in one of the RFR commercials that was on the family channel. Yes. It's like one of those, like, as soon as you see it, you're like, oh my God. Flashback. Hey, Wally. Your epidermis is showing. What are you doing in the hallway? You know this is going on your permanent record. Come on, Wally. We both know those things don't really exist. Oh. So Maggie comes out and calls him Wally. And then just the tone of their conversation creeps me the hell out. It's creepy as fuck. Like, I I don't love that tension. No. No, there's a, a... Something weird happening there, but basically what Maggie does is she distracts Waller and asks to see her permanent record. So Waller says, follow me, and they head off to his office, so she's bought the crew some time. Oh, hey, um, we, we got lost and we came... Okay, we were, we were making out. Good on you, son. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Janet is so pumped about so them making gross. out. Rose. Don't they're fourteen? Yeah. So, no. so we cut back to the janitor closet and the janitor singing the little monkey song. And Lily loses her patience and basically says, "Hey, get back to work," so that like he can let them out. And so he goes to open the door, finds Ray and Lily, and they're trying to come up with an excuse. So Lily basically says, "We are making out." <laughs> the janitor says, "Good on you, son." Ugh. <laughs> it's like hell yeah, you guys made out. Mm. <laughs> get that good good. 14-year-old. <laughs> Gross. Uh, we've got Maggie continuing to distract Waller while we've got like this kind of like faux surgery scene of Travis trying to put the walkie-talkie back together it's and Ray cute. like dabbing his forehead. With like a little chalkboard eraser. Yes. It's very cute. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know what? You are the worst direction giver ever. You were nowhere near where you said. Now, let's see what those miscreants are up to. We believe that Waller has gone too far with his cell phone ban. Okay, so he <laughs> brings Maggie into his office, like, under the presumption of showing her, her permanent record, and then just immediately turns on the radio. <laughs> yeah, and it just happened to be right at the same time that they finally got the walkie-talkie functioning. And also, yeah, what he's listening to is in perfect fidelity. There's none of that, like... Because, as you said, it would sound horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my main thing is, like, the student's in trouble. I'm just going to put on the radio and yeah. listen to these teens that piss me off. Oh, my God. So we came up with a reasonable compromise. No cell phones during class. Sounds fair to me. And to the fearless crew serving time and attention for protesting the cell phone ban, keep fighting the good fight. I really like that they've... Um brought the continuous rotating shot that they have in the studio into this scene so it still feels like the radio show i was just thinking the same thing it's very good yeah i love this whole like premise it like he's taken time out of his day to take maggie to his office to show her the record becomes this whole thing with the keys and everything and then he sits her down they listen to rfr for like a second and then he's like so what do you say i walk you back to detention what about my permanent record Sadly, there is no such thing. So Waller and Maggie make it back into detention. Travis uh, is like, so so what do you think about the cell phone ban? Which, like, what was their argument against the cell phone ban? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, this is a school, you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Why, why did they think that it would change? And if they, they thought that it was because of RFR, then they really just made it really obvious. Yeah, right? Their involvement with so- it. What about the cell phone ban that you just heard some commentary on like two minutes ago? <laughs> that we wouldn't have been able to hear because we can't have radios in here. Yes. Um, but I really like this this theme. Um, it becomes pretty clear that Maggie's kind of figured them out, but she says, you know, what happens in detention stays in detention. I like this theme of like random one-off loners <laughs> finding out about who they are. Yeah, and just being cool about it. Yeah, just chill. Um, and at the end, we have Maggie pulling Lily aside, being like, I hope things work out with you and Ray. And Lily's like, what? Me and Ray. What? what? Huh? Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tim Allen comes in. <laughs> it turns out it was a home improvement episode all along. <laughs> the neighbor's just like there at the window. <laughs> but yeah, so she points out 
I see how you look at him, and I know you see how he looks at you. And she's like, as if. <laughs> we leave RFR with the three boys clowning around, and Lily's kind of left contemplating what Maggie's just said to her. And that's Detention Redemption, episode 9. So over in Mickey's desks, according to BradyFreeRoscoe4.tribal.com, our hero, our hero, um, songs featured in this episode include Fear of Heights by Flux AD, Swivel It by Deadbeat Radicals, Moving Up by Mike Church, Girlfriend by Knacker, and Fear of Heights by Flux AD again at the end. Got some more Flux AD and, and Knacker. some more Knacker. Yeah. Got some, some uh, heavy hitters in the show. Hey, I did want to talk about Two Little Monkeys. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't find anything about this song i don't think it exists outside of radio wait you think it was written for this show i'm pretty sure oh my god okay the the only so i googled it like exact lyrics the only other like the only results i found are like forums where people are like i've been trying to find this song does anybody know where it is the only other reference i found was somebody used it in a wrestling fanfic what I was like, how does this person know this song? And then sure enough, I went on their author page on fanfiction.net and it was like, author has written 56 stories for wrestling and Degrassi. So <laughs> I guess they know their can can, can we read this fanfic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I've looked it up and there's like a meme format that says two little monkeys sitting in a tree, one is blind, the other can't see against a very blurry picture of Travis and Ray. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure... This song only exists for Radio Free Roscoe. It's it's a cute little song. It is. That's wild. So I guess if it's original for RFR, it might have been composed by John O. Grant. Maybe. Or Joan O. Grant, who does the music for RFR and has done the music for a bunch of other things, including a lot of different TV shows. Girl stuff, boy stuff is on there. Girl stuff, boy stuff. Some classic CanCon I'm sure we're going to be talking about at some point in undergrads as well. Oh, and he did some additional music for Life with Derek. Oh, great. Imagine. Jono, Jono, if you wrote this song, good good job. It's a nice little song. It's it's a cute little song. I can't believe that it's only, like, this only exists in this show. And in a wrestling fanfic. It's in a wrestling fanfic. So yeah, I don't know if if you have any other songs from the episode itself. Like, I I don't think anything w- could have such a good story. No, it's that. true. So we've been your two little monkeys <laughs> making this podcast. That's how we branded ourselves from the beginning. <laughs> yes, Just two little monkeys who have microphones. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's episode nine of Podcast Free Roscoe and Radio Free Roscoe. You can follow us online if you don't already. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast Free Roscoe. We're on Twitter at Pod Free Roscoe. You can also shoot us an email at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. If you're interested in sending us a voice clip so you can call into the show, we would love to hear your opinions, your questions, anything that you want to talk about, we want to hear. This is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off. <laughs> <laughs>